Becky, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and <gasps> feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised. Welcome to Bitch Story, a podcast about badass women in history that were left out of the history books because of various sorts of patriarchal bullshit. Happy fucking New Year, bitches. I am Kelly McLean. Also with you, I'm Lisa. <laughs> hey, happy New Year. How are you and shit? Uh, you know, same me, different year. <laughs> You're not a New Year, New You person. I know. This is season three for Bitch Story, if you I can know. believe it. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, I'm glad you're not a new you. The new year, new you shit is annoying. I need things to stay the same. I need, I need consistency and stability. <laughs> I was just, uh, or the past few years, I know exactly what you're talking about. Anything. I need things, big things to just not change. Um, well, there are a few things we want not to stay the same. Oh, for sure. Like, well, I was just reading what's going on in Congress. What a fucking kindergarten shit show. Yakety sax should be playing the whole time there. Oh, God, it's insane. Um, I am really glad, though, that um, Damar Hamlin is awake and seems to be doing well. That's been... Apparently he can write, and so cognitively yeah. he seems to be yeah. doing real well. So. Yeah, neurologically. And I suspect that's why they woke him up. I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah. The, the conjecture on Twitter was very annoying. <laughs> All the, you know, quasi-medical experts and the conspiracy theorists about Got COVID it. vaccinations and whatever. And yes. so I have had to exercise great restraint and not arguing with stupid people on the internet. <laughs> yes. Plenty of people got put on the ignore. Oh God. So hard. I didn't, I didn't make a resolution to that end. I don't make resolutions cause I hate them, <laughs> but um, that's one I should make, but I'm just unwilling. So anyway, yeah. Fuck the patriarchy as usual. Burn that shit to the ground. <laughs> if you have feelings about the patriarchy or you just like to say hi, you can do it at the coolest email address ever at heybitches at bitchstory.net. Yay. You can also visit anchor.fm forward slash bitchstory. And if you feel inspired, you can click on the support button. We really appreciate those of you who are supporting us. And please share this podcast with your cool, badass friends. Lame friends, not so much, but yes, cool <laughs> yeah. friends. Uh, yeah, I mean, the lame okay, friends. Hey, so what are we talking about today, pod partner? <sighs> pod partner sounds like science fiction, kind of. Kind of does, it? like pod person from the Body Snatchers. I used to, used to all play, remember when role-playing games were big? We had yeah. one called They've Invaded Pleasant Mill. <laughs> oh, Ford. <laughs> and it was about, yeah, pod people. I, it was kind of a dumb game, but me and my cousin were obsessed with it when we were about, you know, 10, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think I was obsessed with weird things when I was 10, too. Um, how do you know I'm not a pod person? I guess I don't. You don't? Yeah. All right. Well, then. I guess we'll just have to go on, go on faith. Do we'll show. just proceed. <laughs> um, I thought we would talk about a funny bitch today. So I think we're due for some funniness. I love some funny bitches. Let's do it. Which yeah. one? So today we are kicking off the new year with the one, the only, one of the OG funny ladies, Alice Stiller. Yay! Yay! 
That's my Kermit the Frog. Yay! <laughs> oh, she's hilarious and amazing. Yeah, she was something else. She was definitely a, a trailblazer. Um, we haven't done Carol Burnett yet, have we? We've we haven't, but I also love. Yeah, we need to. I'm going to put her on the list. Love Carol Burnett. So Phyllis Diller uh, was born Phyllis Ada Driver. She is a Cancer. Um, she was born in 1917. Whew. Um in Ohio. She died in August of 2012. She was an American comedian. I'm never sure as a feminist, do we do comedian or do we just do comedian? I don't, I mean, there's two different <laughs> thoughts on this, I think, but anyway, it's yeah. written as comedian, an actress, and she was one of the first female stand-up comics um, noted for her zany and raucous personality and self-deprecating humor, um, which is kind of the only way a woman could get on stage at the time, honestly, was to just make fun of herself, which is, hasn't changed, honestly. Um, right. In addition, I guess she was an accomplished cook, a best-selling author, and a concert pianist. I was like, what, when I read that? I didn't know that. Did you know that? I had no idea, no. I've never heard that before, but... Apparently, she performed with some 100 symphony orchestras in the United States under the pseudonym Dame Ilya Dilya. What <laughs> 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 fuck, Phyllis? <laughs> in 1992, she was the recipient of the American Comedy Award for Lifetime Achievement. And in 2005, she published her autobiography. The title of this autobiography will tell you a lot that you need to know about her if you are not familiar with who she is and her style. It's called Like a Lampshade in a Whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I I probably, when I was in, like, a early teens, I found a, my grandma had a videotape of, you know, it was like a stand-up thing, and it had Phyllis Diller Henny Youngman, like some really old school yeah. comedians. And I want to say like maybe um uh who was on the who's on the honeymooners? Jackie Gleason. Yeah, yeah. And you know, even like, you know, I was a kid back in the 80s, like my stomach hurt from laughing. <laughs> it was just so funny. I looked on um YouTube to see if I could find, you know, find it and I couldn't unfortunately, but I'll keep looking. It may show up. Yeah. But uh, her routines, oh my God, she was hilarious. Uh, her routines included Barb's about her ineptitude as a mother. Um, and she talked about her her husband Fang a lot, but he that's her fictitious husband. <laughs> well, it was fictitious, but I, I believe it was based on her first husband who was a, a big L. He was a loser. Yeah. Well, and she, I mean, and she kind of made up, you know, I guess like her mother-in-law. Yeah. Um, you know, like her, like her, like her mom was like sort of gone in the head. And the character, I would say, yeah. I should say the character. Kind of like her mother-in-law like was my, fat and mean and, you know, just right. a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my Walt's wife person. Right. <laughs> Walt. Worthless. And she also talked a lot about her looks. You know, unfortunately, women still get judged 100% on mm -hmm. looks. And so I think a lot of um, defense mechanism is to bring it up first, I guess. Exactly. Yep. But uh, she sported a trademark outrageously quaffed hairstyle. <laughs> it's like Quaffed. big, yeah, big crazy hair, poked fun at her perceived ugliness as well as her skinniness and her penchant for plastic surgery. Uh, she was a mother of five children. She was working at a San Francisco radio station when her first husband persuaded her to develop a routine that she later performed at the city's Purple Onion Club. Um, you know, so Kelly said she's born in you know, 17. So she really kind of started going in the sixties. She, but when she did her first routine, she was 37 at the time. So, wow. 
let's normalize realizing our dreams and <laughs> starting on a new path. Yeah, later. not at not age at, 20. Yeah, yeah, not at 23. Right mm-hmm. out of college, you're, you know, on right. the path. Figure it out. <laughs> Her cackling laugh, perfect timing, and one-liners about the travels of travails of suburban living struck a chord with audiences. In the early 60s, she made her first appearance on the Jack Parr show, which vaulted her to stardom. Comedian Bob Hope was especially drawn to her brand of humor, and she co-starred with him in three films and appeared in more than 20 of his television specials. I loved Bob Hope. (laughs) I like the way he'd always sort of smile to himself after he told a joke. He was the best. And Johnny Carson. Um, But that's not what this show is about, Kelly, so shut up. From 1966 to 67... Uh, Diller headlined her own TV sitcom called The Pruitts of Southampton. I no familiarity with this. Of course, I wasn't born. No. Also known as the Phyllis Diller Show. She was so the she matriarch. Was Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's fine. She was the matriarch of a penniless family struggling to maintain the appearance of wealth. She was a fixture on the small screen with numerous appearances on talk shows on the game show Hollywood Squares, which is how I know her. Um, how I know her, like I knew her personally. That's what I know her from. (laughs) And in a recurring role between 1999 and 2004 as Gladys Pope on the soap opera, The Bold and the Beautiful. I did not know that. And I watched that. Where, (laughs) where was, what's happening with what happened anyway? um, Tape or or YouTube or something. I know. Crazy. So (laughs) she played a bit of a buffoon in many of her roles, but when she first came on the scene, she was a beautiful woman. Well, she was always a beautiful woman, but I think she played into the self-deprecating humor pretty hard and people went for it. Um, in the fifties, no one was real likely to pay attention to a pretty blonde making jokes, but a zany crazy lady with wacky hair and makeup falling down and making an ass of herself. People love that shit. So (laughs) as they do today. Right. I mean, I guess comedy hasn't changed. I mean, um, anybody who's marginalized trying to make it in the comedy field, first of all, comedians, their grind is, I'm, insane um but you know like if you've got a a a large-bodied person on stage what's the first thing they always do they always make fun of their own looks because they know people are going to do it regardless it's like stand-up comedy is like the precursor to the internet (laughs) internet (laughs) right you gotta throw the first punch i guess well it's unfortunate she couldn't come on stage just as her be like right you know, I've played with a hundred orchestras. I'm an accomplished pianist. I raised five kids. Nope. She had to, you know, come on in a, in a different way so that people, she would be not, not, not intimidating, I guess. Not scary. I don't know. Yeah. Women weren't allowed to do shit. So yeah, she became known for her crazy wigs and outrageous outfits, which I love. She did a lot of, um, garish jewelry and feathers. And I love all that. I love wigs. They're itchy, but I would totally do wigs if I could. Um, so yeah, she was just cool. She did have some crazy ass hair. Oh yeah, she did. She definitely, you know, paved some ways and shattered some ceilings too. She was one of the first solo female comedians in the U S to become a household name. She stated that making people laugh is a powerful, powerful art form. And as a pioneering woman in the stand-up field, she inspired many female comedians, including Joan Rivers, Lily Tomlin, Ellen DeGeneres, Margaret Cho, and Roseanne Barr. Yeah, and probably more than that. Oh, yeah. Um, the whole making people laugh is a powerful art form. I've probably said that many times, but I feel like um, comedy, which is a really big deal to me. I love stand-up comedy. I love smart, witty comedy. 
um, I feel like good comedy is society's group therapy. Like it holds up our absurdities and goes, this is stupid. Let's laugh at this. And we laugh at it and go, oh, yeah, we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's really it is really powerful. Um, yeah. And I think most of the big comedians, I think I've said this numerous times too, um, they pull from their darkness to find funniness. So um, a lot of comedians actually have a lot of dark tendencies. Um, you know, some don't ever succumb to them, but some do. And anyway. Um, well, and, so, and throughout the ages, people have used comedy, you know, funny plays and things like that oh, to yeah. make comments on, you know, uh, regimes that were totally <laughs> less than rulerships. Yeah, or whatever. And so they use comedy to sort of get around that and still say we need to get sad, but without getting, you know, hung, I guess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although there's some comedians uh, recently, Cough Cough Chappelle, who um, might be doing it wrong. But anyway, it was Diller who (laughs) proved that mainstream America could handle a woman who could carry a joke and breaking with the 50s culture of June Cleaver skewered Ike's post-war housewife ideal. It was Diller through her self-deprecating shtick. I love to go to the doctor. Where else would a man look at me and say, take your clothes off? Set the standard for how women in comedy would be dissected, analyzed, and defined for generations. Um, That is by Yael Cohen for a cut article and then um, a lot of what we're talking about is still from that article isn't it was one of the only really good articles that I found about her because other than that I found you know just your basic stuff but this article was really excellent um also from the cut they said yes funny women existed long before Diller emerged in the era of father knows best but few of them perform what we think of now as stand-up. Before Diller, comedians were more like Broadway stars. They combined song and dance with acts developed mostly on vaudeville stages. Diller was different. Not only did she come up with in the intimate, smoke-filled clubs of San Francisco and New York, she did something female performers of the time didn't do. She talked. Uh, no, <gasps> Gasp! <laughs> she wasn't in the kitchen cleaning up. She was actually right, right. in the main room talking. Uh, even today, joke joke telling is considered a masculine form of humor. I think even yeah. in the seventies, I you know I've read some just things that I was disappointed by. Let's say um, of some of the guys on Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. John Belushi, um, saying you know just women just aren't funny. And every time that some of the, you know Lauren Michael started bringing in female writers, mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys you know in the table read would just just completely read it in like flat affect right try to sell it like whatever like i'm just not gonna say that you know rats yeah i'm sure it was pervasive i grew up hearing my dad say that he just didn't think women were funny (laughs) that female (laughs) comedians were funny he didn't like any of them Mm -hmm. i think he might have liked lucille ball but um anyway in order to tell a joke like a man she had to de-sex herself says this article, and that's where the self-deprecating humor came in. To refer to oneself in a negative way is always a good way to say, say hello to an audience. So right away you come out and kiss ass, she told me. Um, I guess that's her talking to the author of this article. The reason I developed things like 
wearing a bag dress was because I had such a great figure. I had them convinced that underneath whatever I was wearing, I was a skeleton, an ugly skeleton, and that's what I wanted. Her put-down style was not without controversy, especially among other women. As Diller told me, women's livers hated what I was doing. They came after me and they wanted to cut my head off. They didn't like my self-deprecation. I was always putting myself down. I was always talking about how I was in my fourth year of a 10-day beauty plan. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, women's livers, lighten up. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, that self-deprecating style is one of Diller's most persistent legacies and casts a long shadow over women-driven comedy. Among the qualities that critics like to evaluate in female comics is their level of self-deprecation, which is sad in itself. Totally. Uh, later, Joan Rivers would adopt this style. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I think of whenever I think of this kind of humor. But Totally. Even as a recent, recent as a star as Whitney Cummings, the stand-up bombshell who doesn't look funny at all, says she used self-deprecating humor and baggy clothes to ingratiate herself with audiences at the start of her career. Mm. I mean, it's sad because it's like, okay, you want the women, the men to take you a little more seriously rather than just right. look at your boobs, but you don't want to threaten the women who are like, you know, who does she think she is, you know? And uh-huh. that's, that's yeah. sad that we're judging each other as women like that. It, yeah, totally. It is really bullshit that women have to be that self-deprecating to be funny. I'm a huge fan, like I said, of comedy, and I, I see it all the time. I think it's funny when I'm a little self-deprecating. I think it's it's a little bit funny on most people. But that standard is still so prevalent in the comedy world, and I see it in every comedy special, even the feminists. Although I have to think for a second. I don't think Eliza Schlesinger does this. And she is fucking brilliant. Um, she's on stage. She looks fucking hot. She's smart. She kind of makes fun of things women do. Um, but she, I don't think she's, I don't think she's ever been self-deprecating. I really like her. You guys should check her out. Um, but I guess that's how you get your messages in, you know. You can't just be up there and be beautiful which a lot of them are, like I said, Eliza is hot um, because you lose 50% of the audience that needs the message. So you got to make it approachable, but um, it is, it is irritating. It's kind of bullshit and it does. I don't know how to feel about it really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, but I can see also even like women in a corporate world, you have to, you know, just phrase things. You and I have talked about certain jobs. It's the same. It's really the same, honestly. You know, when there's bullshit happening, you can't just walk in and say, like, look, what is going on here? You have to just be like, hey, question. I was just wondering. Totally. That's an interesting parallel, but it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Diller's a long shadow in the male-dominated field of comedy is unquestionable. In the 50s and 60s, men were America's chief breadwinners, while women were expected to perform housework and rear children. I sometimes every time I see those uh, mm-hmm. ads like in JC Penney's where the women are sitting, <laughs> the man sitting in a recliner, the women and the children are sitting in a chair in, on the floor. Uh-huh. At, you uh-huh. know, I call those the adoration. But anyway, God, it's, it's frightening. But anyway, uh, so that's, you know, think about the time that she was performing in or whatever. Um, oh, but stand-up comedy was a forum for men to air their grievances with con- comics like Henny Youngman. Uh, cracking, you know, take my wife, please jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, husband jokes may seem like cheap and easy material now. His idea of a seven course dinner is a six pack and a bologna sandwich, <laughs> but only because Phyllis Diller dared to make him and them 
perfect and perfect. Yeah. That seven course dinner line is a Phyllis Diller line about Fang, her fictional husband, which may or may not have been based on her first husband. Um, uh, my favorite yeah. husband line <laughs> is from Mom's Mabley. Mm -hmm. And she we said, We have to cover her too. I have to put her on the list. Oh, yeah, we have to cover her too. She's awesome. But she said something like, um, you know, if somebody if somebody's dead, you only say, say things about him that are good. He's dead. Good. <laughs> exactly. Well, and so much of that reminds me of um, my my Walt's wife thing. Like I totally borrowed that shtick from those that inspiration. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I invented this character several years ago before I was married and I was dating and. It was just ridiculous <laughs> as the dating experience is. And um, I don't know where she came from. She's like a combination of the women in my family, like the the grandmothers in my family and just people I met here and there. And she was very, she didn't like her husband, Walt. <laughs> he was worthless. <laughs> so she just degraded him constantly. And she was a big hit. I still get people telling me, you should do Walt's wife again. So I don't know. Um, you should. She's uh, she has. We need a voice like that in this, <laughs> this day and age. I'm I'm always afraid that it's gonna strike the wrong chord, you know, because I'm not a man hater. I mean, I talk a lot right. of shit, and you know, I hate the patriarchy, and I. But I'm certainly not a man hater. But I just think that overall, as a a gender and as a society they could do so much better. And of course women could too, but um, sure. I think women are still the underdog. And so I'm punching up when I make fun of men. And frankly, I think they deserve it, but <laughs> I just don't want to give the wrong message as a feminist. So I don't know, I guess I, I was, I I was say, I don't play on that team. So I try not to throw stones. <laughs> oh yeah, you can throw stones. But sometimes um, I do. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess I could turn Walt's wife, and that's the thing is, Walt's wife doesn't have a name. She's just Walt's wife, and that's why she's bitter, and <laughs> Walt is a fucking idiot, and 4th of July, he just sets all the things on fire and drinks too much, and I used to have those shticks up on YouTube, but I've taken a lot of them down. Um, but I guess I could turn her into a feminist somehow, and then she could berate Walt, Walt for being, a, you know, a cretin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to work on it. But anyway, um, I, perhaps comedy, we could hope, is good for your health because Phyllis Stiller died in 2012 at the age of 95, which is freaking remarkable. Laughter being the best medicine, I guess. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was great to talk about funny ladies and everything. But yeah. before we wrap this up. I think we'd be remiss not to mention that the great Barbara Walters yeah. uh, died just before the end of 2022. She died, did she die on the 30th? I believe so. And then yeah. the year before that was Betty White. Oh, right yeah. Right at the end of the year. That or was, was that awful. Two years, <laughs> anyway, awful. yeah. Uh, she's famous and well-known, and I'm sure she dealt with a lot of patriarchy bullshit. Oh, yeah, I guess who, who Walter Cronkite, I guess, was a complete dick to her. <laughs> so I've heard. But anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure they all were. I, um, yeah, because I kind of... I think he came to respect right. her, but in the beginning, I think he was basically just like, I'm co-hosting with whom? Very um, Yeah. 
but you know they on her birthday they did you know a couple years ago they did um, a tribute to her to say happy birthday for all all the women who not all many of the women who came to say that they would not be there without her Oprah hosted it on the view huh. you know Oprah started by saying there would be no me there'd be you know no yeah. a lot of people but it was like Jane Polly um diane sawyer um lisa ling connie chung i mean just i mean anybody you can think of in news any female uh a lot of the ladies from the morning shows and things like that and i mean so many said you know i just i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you yeah i can't imagine because that industry i don't know is it worse than other industries i think it's it was pretty bad during the 50s and 60s so you know she just dealt with some hardcore bullshit but And the other thing is journalism is just such a thing of the past. I feel like she was one of the last greats um, and journalism is really just pretty dead. I mean, anybody with a blog is a journalist now. And, you know, my childhood was Barbara Walters, Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather. And I feel really old now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I used to watch like, you know, Nightline and all those and, I felt uh, better informed. Now, every time I watch the news, I was just like, I feel like I'm either watching a fluff piece or I'm watching something that I feel the need to fact check because I'm like, really? I don't, that doesn't sound right to me or, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's bad. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, especially local news. I refuse to watch our local news. If I go over to my mom's house and it's on, I'm like, can you please turn this off? Like, I'd really rather watch Naked and Afraid than this fucking shit. <laughs> The, the only time I watch our local news is if we're about to get a blizzard. <laughs> I'm trying to see how early right. do I need to get up in the morning. That's all right, I need right. <laughs> Yeah. It is interesting to me that legends kind of die around the same time. Like, I've noticed clusters at the end of a year. Um, like I said, Betty White died at the very end of 2021. She was just like, nope, I'm not doing another year of this shit. <laughs> I'm done with <laughs> this, this. pandemic bullshit. I'm out. <laughs> and then... Um, just a few days ago, because we're recording this on, what the hell is today? The 5th of January? Yep. Yeah. Um, we had Pele, who passed away. Vivian Westwood, who was huge in the fashion industry. Um, and Barbara, right at the end of 2022. So, yeah. cheers to Bob Wawa, which, speaking <laughs> of comedy, oh my God, she was amazing too. Yeah. Gilda. We got we to put Gilda in. She's going to, I need a bigger list. We need to record every week now because there's so many people. <laughs> I, we could do a whole year on this comedy, probably. I, seriously. Um, I'm yeah. all, I'm I love Vivian Westwood, though. I was, like, total rocker in the 80s. So I, when I got up and grew up and got my first job, I was going to wear all Vivian Westwood, which never happened, by the way. But, hey. <laughs> yeah, but she her awesome. inspiration. That's the thing about haute, haute couture is, um, you know, when you watch – runway fashion it's usually pretty absurd but they they take those very extreme concepts and it gets watered way down and then it shows up you know on the racks of your store um but she did even if you couldn't wear her stuff she was so influential with her pattern mixing and her um kind of clunky boyish style it was amazing i loved her yeah. i've always been sort of gender bendy i guess and so i think sure. that's what appealed to me it was just like yeah. kind of the tough girl jewelry with you know softer fabrics yeah. and fa- yeah i was um i was so mercilessly bullied in junior high and i just i looked like 
Goldilocks. I had blonde, curly, curly hair, and I was just cute. And I got really, really picked on. And so I always was trying to look a little tougher. So I kind of dressed more masculine in those years, even in high school. Um, I had these boxer shorts that I would wear. So they stuck up over the top of my ripped up jeans. You're way before your time. I know my mother was so appalled, but <laughs> she never, she never prevented me from doing it. I, I look at the stuff that my daughter wears now and I'm like, really? Okay. You look great, babe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fashion, we got to We got to put some fashionistas on our list too. God, the list is really big, but anyway, <laughs> and we can think... take, com- we would take, uh, you know, suggestions from you all too oh gosh yes please as badass bitch you want to hear about let us know holla <laughs> so um yeah that's it for this episode of bitch tree that went quickly 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 that went quickly <laughs> quickly i was i was organized um <laughs> anyway we hope that this has um, solved world hunger and given you shinier hair yeah uh, yeah, I just would like, you know, not as much gray hair, but anyway, we hope you liked it. <laughs> gray hair is fine. You're rocking the salt and pepper look. <laughs> anyway, even if you're a pod person, we hope you liked it. As long as you're not the pod patriarchy, because we don't need that shit. <laughs> if you did like it, please consider supporting us by going to anchor.fm and using the support button. And also please share with your badass friends and leave us glowing reviews on Apple or Spotify. Only glowing, glowing only. (laughs) So please follow us on Instagram at bitchstory.pod and say hi to us at heybitches at bitchstory.net. Remember to always check the show notes for cool info and links. And please follow my other podcasts, Bitch Splaining and Bitch Scopes. You are all, you're like the queen of the pod. Queen of bitch pods. Oh, wait, not those kind of pods. Yeah, right. the good pods. The pods. You the raddest chick there is. I love the word rad. Can we say rad? We're old enough. Like, we can just get away with saying ridiculously old shit now, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't we? My kids make fun of me every time I say rad. And I started saying rad again when I got with Pat because he says rad. But anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're just that old. Well, we're rad. fucking rad. Yeah, my nieces made fun of me the other day because I said, I don't remember what album that was on. Is that a song? Oh, my God. You like that song? I used to listen to that album all the time. They're like, what are you Album's supposed to what? say? <laughs> Shut up. What are you supposed to say? <laughs> yeah. I guess I there mean, aren't it's... any albums. It's just streaming. Just endless streaming of a list of songs. It's still it's... albums. Exactly. So I tried to explain, but they thought it was hilarious. So. My son is constantly telling me about how Drake released a new album. Drake dropped a new single. Drake dropped a new album. I'm like, wow. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> well, fuck that. Can't we you? are rad. Yes, we are rad. So, And also, happy almost birthday. I'm not letting you off the hook there. You are rad, and your birthday is next week. And yes. oh, Friday the 13th. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, I yeah. turned 13 on Friday the 13th, I believe. I missed my magic birthday because I never knew about it until I was like 30 because I 20 oh. on the 20th. Um, and I never knew about it. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
happy birthday. Thanks for being Thank an awesome very much. human being. So uh, you can be rad too, just by listening to this podcast. So join us again next time <laughs> for an exciting episode about badass women doing amazing things since forever. And remember, well-behaved women seldom make history. So go have a great week and go make some bitch Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>